Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Moments with Nderu podcast. I truly appreciate you for tuning in wherever you are tuning in from. For those who have been listening on your preferred audio plot platform, thank you. But now you can also catch it on YouTube. So let's dive into today's conversation. Today's guest is a visionary leader with a passion for personal branding and authentic connections. As CEO and co-founder of the EXV Agency, her creative approach to campaigns for individuals and businesses is disrupting the PR and content production industry. Born in South Africa and having traveled and studied all over the world, she has a global perspective that has been honed through her studies in brick economics, journalism, creative writing, which have given her a nuanced understanding of a variety of industries. Welcome onto the show, Karen. So wonderful to be here. As I was saying before, I just feel so connected to you. So thank you for having me. You're most welcome. So before we talk more about the word that you selected, what's your earliest childhood memory? Oh, my earliest childhood memory. Um, there's a few, but there's one that comes to mind. Um, my parents were very creative in how they spend time with us as children. And they were adamant of, about making us truly appreciate everything around us. It wasn't about toys and, you know, all of the things that children are usually attuned to when they're young. My parents used to do this thing where they would wake my brothers and sister and me up very early in the mornings and uh, before the sun was rising. And they would drive us out into the countryside just to watch the sunrise. And one of the most beautiful memories I have is every time I smell coffee brewing, I think about it because my mom always used to make this flask of coffee and she would pack some snacks for us and juices. And we would all just kind of pile into the back seat of my father's car and we would drive out into the middle of nowhere and basically just watch the sunrise over the felt. And at the time when you're a child, you do not appreciate being woken up so early to go say, what am I actually looking at right now? It's just an open field, you know, it's just trees. There's nothing there. I mean, there were animals and stuff, of course, it's Africa. But I remember being a child and being really, not really seeing the beauty in what my parents were trying to do. And I look back on those moments now with such fondness and with such love because it gave me this thing that I carry with me all the time, which is such a deep appreciation for even the smallest things. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. That was the lesson my parents really instilled, I think in all of us, you know, sometimes I'm traveling around and I'm, I'm sitting in a beautiful place. Um, I always, stop myself to take a minute, even if I'm busy, if I'm meeting clients and there's a buzz happening around me, to take that moment to stop and say, look at where you are, look at how far you've come, uh, you know, take a breath and be grateful for what you've been able to do in your life so far. The good, the bad and the ugly is all a part of the journey, right? And I think the perspective of being able to really appreciate moments, even simple ones, is what comes from that childhood memory. That was the lesson for me. That's such a powerful memory and the nuggets that you've shared are so important for, for all of us who are listening in or watching, just to be appreciative for every single moment, just as you said, the good, the bad and the ugly, because all of it 
um, builds up to where we are right now and works for our good eventually. So how do you integrate this thought process or this um, lesson that you learned from a young age into your day-to-day -day, um, living or into your businesses that you have across the world? I think it's a matter of trying to keep perspective that when you do feel yourself being pulled in many different directions where you're starting to feel overwhelmed or anxious, which is what happens with, I won't even just say women in business. I will say it's for anyone who's running a business, even if you're in-house at some big corporation, it's very easy to lose perspective and to forget the eye on the prize moment. There are many other things going on. Stress is a very big factor of how so many of us can lose our way and I think a matter of just being able to stop every so often, take a breath, take a step back and try and simplify things, even if it's overwhelming. I am one of those people that is incredibly creative and visual. I see the world in colors and pictures and cartoons. People always make fun of me because they will say something and I'll see it in some kind of cartoonish form in my brain and I'll start giggling. Um, it's just the way I'm wired. But in that way, even when the humorous spin to it, I try to take this visual um, canvas I have in my in my head and really break things down into very bite sized pieces. So we work with a myriad of clients across the globe. It's about breaking up the tasks into very bite sized forms, really trying to hone in on what the priorities are and understanding that not every single thing every single day is an emergency. I lived in that world. I worked in corporate America where you felt completely under pressure 24 hours a day. And it started to make me sick, physically sick. It's part of the reason why I decided to go into my own business, which I'm not gonna say is not stressful. It is very stressful to run your own business and try and be successful. But I think the main thing for me is, as I mentioned with a memory I have, being able to stop every so often and put things into perspective. I always use the analogy that I am not a heart surgeon that has to go operate on someone and it's life or death. For me, of course, I am giving the greatest respect to my clients and my accounts, but the worst that could ever happen is that something is missed. And I'm happy to say that the team I've built around me, my business partner, we've never missed a deadline. Things, of course, get very stressful. And there's moments when we're working on campaigns that are very date and, and time driven, press releases, or trying to get campaigns out for clients. But I always try to manage a certain sense of calm because I think panicking when things get difficult only makes things worse. And I had to learn this the hard way. So putting myself and my body and my mind and my spirit through a very tough few years when I was building my career in New York made me realize at the end of the day that it's absolutely not, not worth it. Losing sleep over something that at the end of the day just doesn't make you effective at what you do. It steals your spirit. It steals your creativity. It doesn't it takes the love away that you have for the people in your life. You just feel so broken down and depleted. And I've decided not to feed that monster anymore. <laughs> I, I just realized there's no purpose for it. I know people handle challenging situations in different ways. I'm still a very much pen and paper kind of person. I take notes. I write things down. If something comes to mind, I make a little to-do list. And I try and stay focused on one thing at a time. That's really what the formula is. 
I like that, you know, just taking things bite size and focusing one thing at a time. So how do you focus when the going gets tough? You know, you're in the trenches, you're, you're, you're putting out the campaigns, you're building the business, but the pressure is really building on. How do you maintain focus and how do you stay resilient through it all? It's a simple thing that took me a very long time to learn, which is ask for help. Lean on the people around you for support. If there's someone out there that can help you, you can. Not even necessarily better than you, but can help you move something over the goal line. Ask for help. I used to feel like it was some kind of failure to say, I cannot take on all these things. Um, so I would try and just do everything myself and just pile this pressure on my shoulders that wasn't necessary. I have an amazing business partner. His name is Frank Carlisi. He's based in Atlanta, Georgia. He is a big foundational stone of those moments when things are just bubbling over with pressure, where there's no way to even get the lid back on the pot. I go to him. We have a real deep conversation. We cry together. We laugh together. And then we figure out a solution. And then we rally the team behind us. Um, I have a very dear friend in Michigan who said to me the other day, he's like, you need to learn to delegate better. I'm getting better over the years. I've been getting better. But um, I, 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 we have this wonderful assistant that we're working with now. And she was like, listen, if you have some stuff on your, on your plate that I can help with, just start handing things over to me. So these are lessons we learn every day. You're not going to figure out everything. It, it doesn't matter how long you're in business. It doesn't matter how much experience you have. You are going to find ways to evolve and innovate your processes every single day. You'll find new ways to support yourself. I think the main thing that I tell myself and others, especially if I'm mentoring um, others, is to find a way to lean on the people around you for support, even if it's just about getting some advice on how to do something better. We should never believe that we know everything. There's always an outside perspective that can potentially shift things for you and make things easier and to help you be a little bit more organized. That, that ship has really sailed about us thinking that asking for help or saying, I don't know how to do something makes you look weak. I think it's an old school kind of thought process that may be still instilled in so many people, especially women. I see this a lot with corporate women who have families and children and they're trying to juggle both. I think it's okay for women to step back and say, there are times this is overwhelming and I cannot do both. But it was always taboo for people to say things like that. It made it seem like there was something wrong with you. So I say to everyone out there, there's nothing wrong with you. Sometimes things get overwhelming and it's okay. It's okay to be overwhelmed. Try and build a support network around you to get you through it. And if you just have to pull the brakes and stop, it's okay to do that as well. I hear you. And I think for many of us, fortunately or unfortunately, the pandemic really forced us to learn to ask for help, to slow down, to take in perspective or look at things at a deeper level and be truly appreciative of life. And also, as you're saying, it's okay not to be okay. And, you know, the pandemic truly for me was a, what do I say, a slap in my face where I was just so busy, 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 busy. And then it happened and I just acknowledged, you know what, Moboni, it's time to truly focus on what matters. And if I need help, let me reach out. And if I want to take a break, I can take a break and it's okay. 
So with that said, how were you able to find opportunities in New York and now you have expanded your business into Hong Kong? How can you help someone to identify new opportunities in the market or new opportunities in other countries? I always call myself an eternal student. I'm consistently looking at resources online, consistently finding ways to learn and read. And there's so many free resources around to learn about certain markets. The best thing is going back to what we just spoke about is actually just asking experts in certain areas for their advice and expertise. Don't be afraid to align yourself with someone or even just sending a cordial note to someone on LinkedIn and say, I see you're an expert in this particular area in London. It's something I'm really interested in. Do you have any tips for me? And it's honestly how I've built my business. It's something I'm actually known for in my networking circles is that it's kind of the queen of the cold call, where if I saw you speaking at a conference and I didn't have the opportunity to come up and shake your hand, I would send you a message on LinkedIn and say, I really... Uh, I really appreciated what you had to share at this discussion. I'm sorry we didn't get to meet. I had one question for you that I wasn't able to ask. Do you mind just responding to it on LinkedIn? Or potentially, would you be open to having a coffee with me? And through those, I'm not saying every single person ever responded to me, but out of every 10, 20 people, one or two would respond. One or two would say, yes, let's go grab that coffee. Let's chat a bit more. And even if you take up 15, 10, 15 minutes of someone's time, but really show them that you care about what they're doing and their messaging, that means a lot to them as well. It shows that you're interested in their, in their line of work and that you're interested in their expertise. So it's part of that authenticity I speak about in my, in my work and, and how I deal with my clients is be authentic about what you're trying to achieve and what your goals are in life. And don't be afraid to go out there and fail it's really okay. <laughs> you know, for, for every person that says no to you, eventually there's going to be someone who will say yes. And if you are getting consistent no's to try and learn a new market or a new business structure, maybe you have to rephrase your question. Maybe you need to go back to a drawing board and potentially take a little course and learn a bit more about the etiquette in a certain country and how people interact with each other. Sometimes it's a cultural thing that you're missing and you're trying to be, you think you know about a certain topic, but culturally you're not connecting with the people on a certain level. So being able to be, to, to find the humility, to say, I don't know, someone, something, can you tell me how to do this? Is that's how I have moved forward in my career. I work with people who are UN ambassadors, they're ambassadors for etiquette and how to deal with people from, you know, office workers to politicians from around the world. And I will always say, I'm dealing with someone in this particular country. How do I address my email to them? How do, what do I call them? How do I be respectful? How do I end up, you know, end my email? And I don't think about the fact that people say, oh my goodness, you're the CEO of a global com company. How don't you know this? That doesn't matter. We're so, sometimes we're so hindered about what other people might think that it stops us from actually learning something. Humble yourself, go to someone and say, I don't know how to address you. Can you tell me how, what I should call you? You're, you're a politician, you're, you know, you're a, a 
serious person in government and I don't know how to address you, can you tell me how to respectfully do so? So I think it's about really being humble and going back to the drawing board and finding ways to connect with people on a very personal level as well. I think people appreciate it. I think post-pandemic, there's this attitude of no nonsense. Nobody wants to waste time anymore. Nobody wants to waste time on fluff. There's this attitude of get to the point now. People are writing shorter emails. People aren't spending as much time just, you know, beating a, beating a dead horse, so to speak. Um, they're trying to get to the point. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, we have to remember that committing to building your network and business relationships takes time. And if it takes you 50 coffees to have that person say, you know, now I feel like I want to be a part of your network, not even about giving you business, mm -hmm. just that you are someone in my network now that I trust and I want to have as, as a, a resource in my network is a wonderful win for you. There's people that I met 15 years ago that just called me recently and said, I've been seeing what you're doing. I would love to have a conversation about how we do business together. And if I had given up on that person because they weren't giving me business right away, I would have missed the point of what this journey is all about. <laughs> yes, that is amazing. Honestly, 15 years, and then they reach out for someone, they'll be like, you know what, it's never that serious. But I really like what you've said. It's just, even if someone just includes you in your network or in their network, that's a win. And you know, sometimes we overthink what a win is when essentially it's just being within a network where someone knows that you do X, Y, and Z and you're top of mind. So if your younger self was seated across you right now, what would you tell her? I would say you have to stop taking things so personally. You have to understand that you will try and fail a million times over and it's okay. You have to not be influenced so much about what you think others think of you because it's all hearsay. It's all in your head. Until you hear someone say to your face what they think of you, it's all in your head. And I think I spent so many years limiting myself because of what I thought others might say. I might have been afraid to approach you at an event because I thought, oh, you know, here's an international woman with this wonderful podcast platform. She's out of my league. I cannot go speak to her. I'm too junior to go speak to her. There's those moments I think back on and I think to myself, if I had just had that little bit of confidence to understand that I didn't need to know everything in that moment, I didn't need to have 37, 50, 100 years worth of experience to go speak to someone and connect with someone. I just needed to be myself and go ask that question. And even if that person rejected me in the moment or said they didn't have time, there's billions of other people on the planet that I could connect with and speak with. So I think being able to tell myself and others that it's okay in those moments to feel a little nervous uh, and afraid. I mean, I, I ran a very successful, my partner and I live events business. And then the pandemic hit, which completely depleted our, our company. But a big part of, of what I used to do was bring people together to network. I would have discussions, I would moderate panels. And that is what we did. It was the core of our business. And nobody would believe me saying this, but it is the absolute truth. At the end of the day, I really am an introvert. 
But I have had to push myself out of these comfort zones because I was a woman living in so many different countries where I had to find a way to build a network. And the only way to do that was to connect with others. And so I think I would tell my younger self to not overthink things and to continue to push myself out of my comfort zone. Within reason, of course, you know, yeah. within not being, not hurting myself in any way. I hear you. No overthinking. It's okay to push beyond your current level. <laughs> and if you want to grow, growth doesn't happen within your comfort zone. I totally relate with that and resonate with that. So we're going to switch gears a little bit and I'm going to ask you random questions. No overthinking. <laughs> okay. So the first one is, <laughs> when do you feel the most in control? I think just at the end of finishing a successful campaign for a client or a win for a client. If a client comes to me for visibility or something or PR and to my team and says, I really would love to get on stage. That's what I really want to do. I want to speak to other people. And that moment where our, our team is able to get that person to achieve their goals, I think that's the moment I feel most in control, understand that I have chosen a career path that I love and that I enjoy and that I'm good at. That's that moment where it all kind of sinks in and I feel happy about what I'm doing and in control. I like that. <laughs> if you could have 10 hobbies or one passion, <laughs> what would it be? Writing. Just being able to write, uh, writing people's stories, helping people find ways to tell their stories through my writing. That's what I enjoy most. Love it. And if you could interview someone famous, alive or passed away, who would you choose? This changes every single day. Sometimes it's a major figure. Sometimes it's someone who I just read a book. I have just finished a, a memoir of an actor, an actor who was on SNL, Saturday Night Live. Her name is Molly Shannon. And she's a comedian and an actor, but her book really transformed the way I actually look at myself and my business, which is interesting. Her life story is all about resiliency and it's a big word for me in my life. And so being able to read something that was really took me by surprise. I thought it was about this comedian's rise to fame, but it was so much more than that. I really resonated with her struggles and her story and how honest she was. So my dream right now would be to sit down with her, have a cup of coffee and just interview her and pick her brain about this journey she's had. She's, she has become a woman that I am so, that I so admire that um, she's my person this month. If you ask me next month, it might be someone else. <laughs> right, also for me, it keeps changing. Tomorrow <laughs> it'll be somebody else. The next month it'll be somebody else. So I hear you. So you've mentioned resilience and if you're able to, could you share a moment where you truly had to apply resilience in that moment? My partner and I had just completed a large in-person event in New York City at a very famous venue. It was over 600 people that attended and that was in January of 2020. We had gotten this opportunity to do this event all around the country with this very, very big national tour. And it was the moment where 
my business, our business would have changed. It would have changed everything for us. And as we were gearing up to plan this national tour, the pandemic hit and nobody was allowed to meet in person anymore. So this completely fell through. And within the pandemic, we had to pivot our entire business structure, which is how we really started focusing on PR and content creation. We were going back to the drawing board of the things we did well, but weren't really in the forefront of what we were doing successfully. And it was painful. It was really difficult to see these opportunities slip through our fingers because of something that was outside of every single person on this planet's control. It wasn't anyone's fault. It wasn't something where you could blame this one or that one. It took the entire world by surprise. It was the great equalizer for every person. And it was that moment, as you mentioned, where we all were forced to look at life differently. And so being able to have this network around me, business partner, Frank, and our team, and really look at, can we do this? Can we change our business now within a pandemic to do something different? And what is that thing going to be? Being able to refine a new product and reconnect with clients who knew us for something else and telling us now, telling them now that we were doing something completely different was challenging. But finding the resiliency, finding the support to push through that, at the end of the day, I'm almost glad it happened because it helped us actually find what we are exceptionally good at. Events are still a part of our business, but it's a smaller part of our business now. So it was almost in a way that this happened as a way for us to find what our true talents really were as a company and what would have helped us grow and scale as quickly as we could. So it was hard to find resilience during that time, but thank goodness we did. And it's what has gotten us to this point by just consistently, because we were passionate about it, because we loved the business so much, because we had the support of our clients and we were honest with them about what was going on, we were able to maintain those connections and relationships so that when we did come through with a different kind of company, they knew who we were. They knew that they could trust us and that they were in good hands. And so because of the authenticity around our business, because of the resiliency we had, it helped us build and grow globally as we have now. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I think many of us, the pandemic really made us dig in deep and figure out what we are exceptionally good at. And for those who still haven't found what they're exceptionally good at, it's okay. As Karen has mentioned throughout this conversation, break it down into bite sizes and just focus on the little things and take it one step at a time. And eventually you will figure out what you are exceptionally good at. And if you still can't figure out, ask for help. There's nothing wrong to ask for help. So Karen, I want to appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank you for having me on the show. I am so glad we made this connection. We, we met under very interesting circumstances where you were supporting some of the clients in our organization, but the fact that we were able to connect beyond that and build a relationship and a friendship, I know you'll be in my life for a very long time. So thank you for that. Well, thank you so much. So dear listeners, whatever you've picked up from this conversation, just know you are able to do whatever you purpose to do. And you take it one day at a time, and it's okay to fail, but just keep showing up 
in whatever sphere of influence you are in. So until the next episode, continue being brave. Mm -hmm.